Hi, everyone. Welcome to Waste 360's Nothing Wasted podcast. On every episode, we invite the most interesting people in waste, recycling, and organics to sit down with us and chat candidly about their thoughts, their work, this unique industry, and so much more. So thanks for listening and enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. This is Liz Bothwell from Waste 360 with Terrell Hagler, a sanitation worker from the great city of Philadelphia. Welcome, and thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Liz. I'm, I'm super excited to talk to you today. Me too. I mean, let's start at the beginning. Tell me how you became a sanitation worker in Philly. Yeah, so I um, applied for the job in 2017. Um, and at that time, the waiting list for the, the city sanitation department was like 2,000 people. And I was number like 782. And in 2019, October, I got an email and a letter saying that my number was being called and if I was still interested that I could come down, you know, take a drug test, do orientation and, you know, start working as a sanitation worker. So I waited two years and there was no big like, oh, I love sanitation. Oh, I want to be. It was, it's a city job. It's a W-2 benefit. You know, my whole life, everyone say, get a job with the city and they'll take care of you for the rest of your life. So that was like a motivation behind it. And my first day was December 30th, 2019. And as you know, three months later, Corona showed her face and never left. <laughs> so, and that's how it all began. Wow. I didn't realize that you started that soon um, before the pandemic. So please tell me how things went during the pandemic. I know Philly was really hit hard with, like the rest of the country, with an increase in residential trash, and there were a lot of challenges there. Please tell me about that. Yeah, so that the first week we shut down in March, it took about two weeks for uh, you know us sanitation workers to realize that there were like an extra six to seven bags per house. So usually, you know, you get through your route, our, our day was from seven to three. We were noticing that we were getting halfway through the route and we look at the time and it was like 1.32. We're like, we got a whole half a route left. Like what's going on? And that's when, um, you know, everybody started realizing that because everybody was home, we were accumulating more waste. And I mean, it, in Philadelphia, it, I mean, you would see a block. And it was all you couldn't even see the trees on the block. You would just see trash bags. So uh, we just kind of put our heads down and stormed through. But we we had major delays. We had delays up to almost four days. So if your trash day was on a Friday, the sanitation department would be on Tuesday. And there were a lot of articles coming out. Oh, it's the sanitation workers' fault. They're just lazy. They're not coming to work. They're this, they're that. You know, and I was just like, hey, guys, hey, Philadelphia, you know, it, we're really trying here. And I'm talking to older coworkers and I'm talking to people that came in with me and I'm like, what can we do? You know, this, that's just my personality. I don't like to get blamed for nothing I ain't do, you know. <laughs> so if I ain't did nothing, 
I'm like taking the blame for it. So I'm like, what can we do? And um, the more and more we got into the summer, the worse the delays got, the hotter it got, the more articles came out. And June 17th, um, after like just a night of thinking, what can I do? Um, I decided to create uh, your fave trash man uh, as an Instagram account. And it was just solely on the purpose of just to give people an inside look on what it's like to be a sanitation worker in Philadelphia and to show people what we're actually dealing with. Like no one knew that at that time, 200 plus sanitation workers had tested positive or were were quarantining. There's only 1,400 sanitation workers in Philadelphia. You take away 200 plus, that's almost a little bit of a third of the whole um, operation. So I was just, I just wanted to share information with the public that, you know, they didn't know, and then maybe bridge the gap between the department and the residents so that we would get some understanding, we would get some grace, it would be a straight line of communication, and then maybe the residents could help us do our jobs better by curving the chest better, you know, tying the bags, neatly putting the pile, because if you get the pile, and there's bags everywhere, everything's untied, wood everywhere, boxes everywhere. It's going to take us longer versus if things were neater. So I'm like, okay, if you want to blame us for something, how about we just share responsibility and let's just get to the issue of these delays and let's just, you know, let's just attack it. So I started using the Instagram to get updates. You know, I said we were like four days behind. So like if it's Thursday, but we're actually on Monday, before I stop my, start my route, I was like, hey, Philadelphia, I always say, I know in the real world it's Thursday, but in the trash world it's Monday. So if your original day is Monday, we come in today. And literally people were, you know, holding their trash until they got my updates. And then the, it made the city shift a, a perspective and a narrative where they were like, okay, we're going to wait for your, fa- for your fake trash man's update. And once he gives the update, I know to pick my trash out or to hold it. And we, it took us a couple of months, but... Um, around September, October of 2020, we actually got on um, the right day. So from April of 2020 to September, October of 2020, we were at least a day or two behind during the whole pandemic of trash collection. I love that you used Instagram and your platform to transparently communicate with residents. And Terrell, what's amazing is they were listening. How awesome is that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it just, kind of, you know, when I started the Instagram, I was like, okay, I get a good 500 people and it'll just be us and we'll rock out. And then as it grew and it grew and uh, news people and, and, and journalists started reaching out and I'm on, I'm on Fox, I'm on, you know, uh, ABC, CBS, WHYY. Uh, we have a, a paper in, the, in, the, in Philadelphia called the Inquirers, like one of the biggest papers. I made the front page of the Inquirer, and then um, a, a, another North Philly uh, reporter, but she writes nationally for Good Morning America. She reaches out and, and does an article, and then that same day that the article comes out, David Muir calls me and was like, can you be on the show tonight? And I'm just like, whoa, hold up, like... I'm just an Instagram and a, and a sanitation worker. What is happening? But I realized that it's been a craving of residents 
for this type of communication from sanitation. People have always wanted to know, always wanted to see, always wanted to be a part, but there never was a, a resource or an avenue for people to actually be a part and see what happens while they're usually at work. See, what, what, what the, the coronavirus did was it put a magnifying glass on things that people usually don't see. You know, I say all the time, people think that they, they put their trash on the curb and robots pick them up. And when they come back, they just know that the trash can is empty. But what they don't realize is actual human beings have to walk, have to pick it up, have to put it in the truck, have to put it back, deal with all the bags, all, deal with the weather, deal with the truck breaking down, deal with coronavirus. You know, we never, we, in the morning when we got our assignments, they didn't say, hey, by the way, 10 houses on your route have tested positive for corona, so be careful. We didn't get none of that information. But anybody that's quarantining down, you know, at, in their house and they're sneezing and they're coughing and all the tissues, where do all the tissues go? In the trash. Who's picking it up? Sanitation workers. So that was my whole thing of, you know, trying to keep my, my colleagues safe. Uh, you know, I have three kids. So when the pandemic first hit, I didn't see my kids for six weeks because we didn't have enough information. And then what really boasted the Instagram and everything is, you know, the city just was not prepared. No one in the in the country was prepared to deal with COVID that long. So when PPE ran out and everything, and more and more of my coworkers were getting sick, I, I I'm 31 years old, but I'm I'm really have a, I really have an old soul. So I was like old school fundraiser, sell T-shirts, and I'm going to try to raise money and buy PPE for the entire department again. Shooting myself way short was like, I'll sell a few t-shirts. At least I could provide, you know, PPE for my yard. I ended up selling two, over 2,000 t-shirts and, and raising over $32,000 to buy PPE and cleaning supplies for the entire sanitation department in Philadelphia. So I oh, spent amazing. every single dime. Yeah, I spent every single dime on PPE and cleaning supplies. And then I noticed the movement started. You know, I started a hashtag, support sanitation. Now I see, we see support sanitation signs in the windows while we're cleaning or we're collecting trash. And we see lawn signs that say, we love our sanitation workers. Thank you. Now, for us, we're like, whoa, we have never been loved on like this in the history of Philadelphia sanitation. People are walking up to, like the whole summer, people are giving us water, Gatorade, water ice pretzels, they wish they could hug us, they're thanking us. It was such a, a shift in the perception of sanitation workers that it literally, I, I think it, it really put the city in a, the energy in the city felt different. Like I, the energy in the city got lighter, got more family-like, got more community-like. And I was just like, man, this is awesome. I've never seen the city, you know, and, but, you know, anybody that knows Philly, we, we are extremists. we either extremely against you or we're extremely for you. There's usually no gray area in Philly. So to see that, that the city was extremely with us during a pandemic was just, I mean, my, 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 my other sanitation workers would hit me on Instagram like, man, I felt like crying today. So many people, one, one, uh, one guy said they got to the block uh, and one of the worst parts of the delays, 
They got to the block. The people came outside. They were cheering. They were clapping. And not only that, they helped them throw it in the truck. Wow. So, you know, yeah. So, and, and, and that's when I saw that is the reason why I was like, okay, at this point, I'm at like 20,000 20, followers. I got the blue check from Instagram. I'm like, I have to continue to use my platform to continue to advocate for sanitation. But what I really realized and what I really learned is that during the pandemic, the community was actually forgotten about. It was actually forgotten about. So um, I would always um, uh, talk to my mom about what to do next and what to do next. And um, my church does food drives all the time. So I was like, hey, do you think I could do a food drive, with, you know, with the church and this? And it just kind of snowballed into a huge thing. And I got connected to a company and I got connected to this company and my church was helping me. And um, October 10th, I had my first food drive and we ended up feeding 1,500 uh, frontline workers that day. That's amazing. Oh, my God. I just love that you took your platform and you, you had one strategy in mind and one goal in mind, and then it just it ballooned into this amazing platform for sanitation workers, and now you're using it for such good, from PPE now to these food drives. I mean, wow, I, I applaud you. This is amazing, Terrell. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, now I'm getting into um, civic engagement and community outreach because I believe that in order for it to change for sanitation workers, we have to put people in positions of power that care about these issues. So there's, there's no way that we're going to get laws changed and we're going to get, uh, you know, hazardous pay and higher wages and better benefits for sanitation workers if we don't have people in positions of power fighting for them. So now I'm on a whole nother wave as I do my cleanups where every cleanup is done with a state rep and a council person so that they can see the response from community. When I come in with my partners like T-Mobile and GoPuff and Coca-Cola, and I just became a partner with the Sons of Benjamin from the Philadelphia Union. When I bring all my resources in and T-Mobile gets a DJ and we're out there dancing and singing and having fun, you know, COVID consciously six feet apart, but we're cleaning a neighborhood that feel like it's been forgotten. And then I have, you know, my partners with the food come and drop off a box of food at every resident during the food insecurity. These state reps and these council people, they see the, the energy inside their district shift. So now if I can get all of that energy to shift across the city, now people are realizing that, you know, maybe we need to listen to community and really hear what their needs are and not, you know, take advice from analytics and statistics and, and you know, project what the community needs. So that's where I'm kind of at right now. Um, you know, I'm still doing the food drives, and I'm still um, in community uh, while I uh, just try to advocate for sanitation always. And now I see a bigger goal is to get people in positions of power that can fight on a higher level for all the people that, that, that feel they've been forgotten.
And I mean, you're talking about real change. And, and I did see on your Instagram that you you did have one of these leaders come and, and he saw the important work that you're doing and, and the engagement from around the city. And didn't that spark some sort of beautification campaign? Uh, well, so you're talking about Jared Solomon. He actually uh, got on the trash truck and he, he rolled around and picked up trash on the trash truck for a whole day. And we went live and we talked about it. And, and his perception changed. So then he started caring more about the beautification efforts in his district. He was able to get a grant to, for $25,000 to plant trees in his district. And literally his district looks so much better. But, and now people are literally less. There's, there's less people throwing trash on the ground because he's making a statement that we have to care about how our district looks. So now with the trees and with us cleaning, there's less trash on the ground than there was before. So that's what I'm trying to do with everybody. Um, and I just started a campaign of my own called Make Your Voting Plan with Your Fave Trash Man. And the whole idea behind this campaign is to civically engage the whole state of Pennsylvania, the suburbs, you know, Philadelphia, Harrisburg, Pittsburgh, everybody. And what I want to do is register a million people to vote between now and May, but really get a million people to come out and vote in a May primary where we're going to select judges and DAs and city controller. You know, I just learned that the city controller dictates where the money goes. So if we have a million people that are looking at the city controller, you know, of the past, people would just click the Democratic button or the Republican button or just take, select the first eight. Now we're telling these elected officials, listen, we are paying attention as community. We are going to vet you. We are going to ask questions. And there's, you're, there's not going to be a, just a fly by and get in and then not do your job. So now I want to host town halls where community gets to ask the incumbent city controller or somebody that wants to be city controller, like, hey, what are you planning to do with the city's budget? Because never in the history that I've known that you've actually got to talk to the city controller, like, on a Zoom call or in person to ask them what their plans are. But now if I shed a light on it with my platform and the city controller says, oh, I just want to give all the money to prisons, I don't think community is really going to be for that person. But that means that person's not going to get elected. But if the city controller says, hey, I want to give the money to education and arts programs, and I want to start a beautification effort here in Philadelphia, and I want to raise the wages for sanitation workers, and I want to do this. So now communities like this is our person. But that hasn't happened before. So I want to use my platform in that way because then we, we, we get to select people that are going to fight for our issues, that speak our language, that understand our issues, and now you've really changed the scope of the city because you have community and elected officials on the same page. And you, you could probably count on one hand how many counties and cities and states, community and elected officials are on the same page. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that you are helping to crack that is fantastic. And tell me, so are you finding that they're open to this and they're comfortable? I'm going to say yes, because I don't know how to say this without sounding cocky, but I feel like I've 
I, I've created a platform where if I call you out on Instagram, you all, you know that at least 23,000 people are looking, so you, you tend to respond. So when I t- tag people on pictures or I call out people like, hey, this is in your district. What can we do about it? There are people that are looking for you to respond, and that's what I, that's what I intend to do. I intend to raise the standard of, 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 of how community, uh, what community expects from your elected official. And there's trash on the ground. Let me start. Philadelphia was voted the dirtiest city in America by Ford, and I took that really personal. But I can't yeah. do it by myself. So, so, I, so that's why one of my sayings is that it takes all of us. I have a T-shirt that says it takes all of us. And the reason my teacher says that because it's not going to take me and you and her. It's going to take the entire city, the mayor, the governor, the city controller, council people, state reps, ward leaders. I didn't, I didn't know what a ward leader was until I got into doing food drives for the community and everything, and I'm trying to figure out, well, who do I talk to? The defense? I would talk to the ward leader. I'm like, I've never heard of a ward leader in my life, and I'm 31 years old. Imagine what I could do if I could tell a 17-year-old what a ward leader is and how they can get involved with changing their community and not wait till they're 31. Imagine what I could have been doing at 17 and 18 that I can be doing that, that I'm learning now. So that's, that's, that's the way of life. You, you, whatever you learn late in life, you teach it to the next generation early. So I'm, I want to teach the next generation that, that, that they, should be, they should care about how their neighborhood looks. They should make sure that they clean their neighborhood, that they should get, you know, trash cans on the corners in their neighborhood, and someone should take responsibility and empty them out and everything. And these business owners should be investing in the sanitation in their neighborhood, you know. The city should take a little bit more responsibility and do a little more when it comes to sanitation and beautification. I know here in Philadelphia, I want to get a whole legal dumping department. You know, legal dumping is shared between two departments. It's so bad here, they, they should, we should just create a legal dumping department because then we create jobs and we create a, a solution to a problem that is really bad here in Philadelphia, which I understand because people don't have jobs. So now they're trying to be, you know, trying to be rehabbers and flip houses and do that, but they don't have the money to take it to a dump. So maybe the city creates a department for, you know, for for people to demo houses and be able to use the city dump free of charge, but they won't put it on the street. Cause you know, so there's, that's, I literally say all the time, I just want a seat at the table to start the conversation. I'm not naive. I know it's not going to happen overnight. I know hazardous pay is not going to happen one morning when I wake up, but at least if we can start the conversation and we are talking to people that care about these issues, it'll it, it, it just be like a wildfire because it's not just Philadelphia. It's around the whole country. It's New Orleans. It's L.A. It's Houston. It's New York. It's Seattle. It's, you know, it's everybody. It's Colorado. It's all these sanitation. It's Baltimore. It's all these sanitation departments and their residents are like, listen, the pandemic shined a light on something that we did not know really existed. We always felt it, but we weren't able to identify it. Now that it's identified, let's not wait for the next pandemic to go through it all again. Let's fix the problem now. So that's the energy and that's the fire that burns in me that that wants to just see it fixed and addressed. I love that. And that fire is 
it's energizing to other people. And um, that's what I think is so great about you sharing your message like this, because you are encouraging others to do that. You are encouraging all the stakeholders involved to come to the table and you're being a realist about it, right? You know what you can accomplish now. You know what is going to take more time. So I, I, I think that's fantastic. Good for you. Are you finding? Yeah, I, I really am trying. <laughs> well, it's working. And are you finding that other people are reaching out to you like, hey, there's something going on in this part of the city that needs to be clean up, cleaned up or even other, um, other departments in other cities coming to you and asking you how you've done this? They're not asking me how I've done it, but they're definitely reaching out and asking, how can I be a part? How can I be of assistance? Um, a lot of my deep, and, and just to tell you, I run my Instagram. I don't let anybody, I, you know, I have, some, I have, you know, I have a little uh, team with me, like a management team and a, you know, a senior advisor and stuff. But when it comes to my Instagram, I am the sole uh, possession of it. I don't let anybody run the Instagram because I feel like it has to be my words and it has to be from me. So when people DM me, it's really me responding. And people DM me all the time, hey, there's a spot right here. Hey, there's a spot right there. And I'm like, cool, I'll post it. I'll post a picture. I'll tag, you know, the city official. I'll ask people, well, listen, uh, if you, this is in your district. If you give me the number to the office, I'll call the office. See if we can, you know, coordinate a cleanup. And that's how some of my, that's how a lot of my, my cleanups have been um, organized. People are like, hey, there's this huge issue right here. I called the, the council person. I called the state rep. They're like, sure, we know who you are. You're a freshman. What can we do? I said, wait, can we get a, a cleanup on this date? Sure. I make a flyer. I ask for volunteers to come out. T-Mobile, GoPuff, T- uh, and Honesty um, comes out, and they, they give stuff to the, excuse me, give stuff to the volunteers, and we make it a fun event. But at the end of the day, you look back at the before and after, and you're like, wow. In four hours, we did this. Like, one of my biggest cleanups to date was a cleanup I did in North Philadelphia by Temple's campus with uh, state rep Malcolm Kenyatta. We did it on Martin Luther King Day of Service, uh, January uh, 15th, I think it was, or January 15th, I forget, I think it was the 10th or the 15th, one of them. Um, and we ended up cleaning six abandoned lots that have been sitting on this block. Forever. I mean, it was just trash everywhere. We ended up cleaning it the whole, all six lots. And when I got, when I saw the waste slip, there was two tons of trash that we got off the street. Wow. So, yeah, imagine how, and then I, then I, we had, our, I had other partners come and bring food. So we dropped off food to the, uh, to the residents and everything on that block. Imagine, and just picture to yourself, how someone who lives on that block is going to protect their block now that uh, complete strangers came. And there was like 200 people out there. And we can, complete strangers came, cleaned up their block, left, and didn't ask for nothing. Just Amazing. to serve so Yeah, and you're right. That's, that's what happens. Old. And that's what happens. They want to protect it, right? They may not have helped um, or even realized how much it needed to be done. But when they see it, they think, hey, this is a better way for our block to look and our neighborhood to look. I'm proud of it and appreciate it. And then they'll protect it. Just like you were saying when the when the trees were added, when people see things are improving and looking good, they want to keep it looking good. And they have a sense of pride about that. And you're 
you're really stoking that fire. I think it's awesome. Uh, you know, that's the whole goal. Like, you know, when we talk about Philadelphia, you got to talk about the gun violence. You got to talk about the drugs. You got to talk about the opioid epidemic that we're experiencing in a part of the city. But I believe all of that can be addressed if we just pick up the trash first. Because what people do is they use the trash on the ground and they use how dirty the city is as a crutch. And I, I'm, my mother was always the one to be like, well, I'm going to take the crutch away. And once I take the crutch away, it's time to do the work. You have nothing else to lean on. So that's what I right. want to do. I want to remove the crutch of litter, of trash, of illegal dumping. And now we can go to these elected officials and go, hey, there's no more trash on the ground. What are you going to do about this now? And right. now they need to have a game plan. Right. It's so true. Oh, I love that you're doing this. I think it's, it's amazing. And, I mean, for you even to go down the road with, with the voting campaign and trying to get a million people to register, that's ambitious. But you're going to do it. I know you will. Oh, thank you. I mean, I, I appreciate you uh, get, encouraging me like that. And um, that's why, I, I, you know, when Rachel connected us, I was like, there is no platform too big. There is no platform too small to ever not hear my story, because the more people that hear my story, the more people that hear what I'm trying to do, you know, the more people that I'm reaching, somebody's going to be like the, the, the secret weapon, the weapon X, you know, the, the, you know, the, the unmeasurable, and it's going to be able to really push this needle. So that's why I take every opportunity I can to tell my story, to tell why I'm doing this, to say what I'm doing next, to say my goals. I just want to lay it all out on the table in every conversation because I don't know who's going to hear this. You know, somebody might hear this interview or this podcast between us and be like, oh, I'm, I, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm Joe Biden's cousin. I can help. You know, so you got to, I just got to keep telling my story. I got to keep being honest. I have to keep being authentic. And I have to keep doing the work. I have to keep cleaning the city with every resource that I have. And I got to keep people excited and energized and keep the fire burning. So that's, that's what I wake up and do um, all the time. You know, I just uh, resigned from the, the sanitation department in Philadelphia um, last month. Now, you know, it doesn't mean I'm not a sanitation worker anymore. It just means the city of Philadelphia is not my employer. And the way I look at it, I'm a sanitation worker for community. So, and that's how I, that's how I see myself. I just felt like I needed to that I have a bigger cause. There's a, there's a bigger issue at hand, and I just need all the hours in the day to fight this with everything I got in me. So I chose to do that, and I'm, I, haven't been, I haven't been happier. I love waking up and having these conversations and talking to people and getting things organized. And um, I have the city commissioner's office partnering with me on this voter registration, voter education project. So now, you know, I get to really impact, you know, the lowest performing uh, districts and wards here in Philadelphia. And I get to take them food and I get to go clean their neighborhoods. And then we get to talk about elected officials. Like, what, what, name a better time. <laughs> oh, no better time. And that's fantastic that you can de you're dedicating yourself to that. Can you imagine if 
every city in our country had one of you, like a Terrell who's there doing this and promoting good. And, um, wow. Yeah, I'm, listen, I'm down to start your fave trash man chapters all around the country. I'm down. Let's get it done. I'm down to get some trash ambassadors all around the country, and we can meet on Zoom once a week, and we can game plan and organize the masses and every major city and county. I'm down. This, I am told that is something that I, am, I want to do as well. I want to, because I think at a large, if the whole country is talking about this, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna to be a movement, you know? It's definitely going to be a movement. And then I think we'll honestly get to the Senate and maybe we'll get to Biden's desk for some new laws about sanitation and how we're treated. You know, a lot of sanitation workers still haven't been vaccinated yet. We're just as important as EMTs and nurses. We hit it front on, face on. There's been people that yeah. have picked up a can and tissue's been everywhere. And we're looking like we know those are corona tissue. Right. Yeah. You, know you, you guys should sanitation be workers are still, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they treat us like we're essential. You know, we haven't stopped working through the pandemic. But... I should say they call us essential, but they don't treat us as very essential. You know, so no, you know, when, when Governor Wolf, I can only speak about my truth, when Governor Wolf came out with the hazardous pay grant here in Pennsylvania, he left sanitation workers off the list. And I was furious. I'm like, how do you leave sanitation workers off the list? You know, no knock to anybody else, but your gross, you got grocery store workers and people who are cleaning, um, Sky risers getting hazardous pay, but you have people that are keeping the city clean, keeping diseases down, and, you know, everything. We know sanitation deal with wildlife. We have to be therapists sometimes, and people come out angry at the city, but they want to take it out on us. We deal with, you know, people trying to get around the trash truck, driving 90 miles. We deal with all of that. And then to, to have, you know, our, our, the people in positions of power say, huh, you guys don't really need you know, hazardous pay. Like, and like here in Philadelphia, we have a whole opioid epidemic in one part of the city. I have had coworkers get stuck by needles, rushed to the hospital. They got to take pills now because they don't know where the needle came from. They got to get shots. They, you know, they got to be on this for six months. They can't, like a whole life change because you were doing your job and there was a needle in the trash and it poked you. So won't we just get puncture-proof gloves, but let's attack that part of the city separately. We need a whole different sanitation plan for that. You know, there's, a, there's ways, you know, but it's just, it's just heartening to me that some of my coworkers are still getting poked. Some of my coworkers, we're not coworkers anymore, but, you know, sanitation workers in Philadelphia are still catching COVID at an alarming rate. You know, if you think about it, it's three people to a truck. You guys sit less than six inches apart. Like, everybody's pockets touch in the truck. If one person tests positive, you know the other two at least have to quarantine. If there's 200 people at a yard and we had, like, 400 people, you know, quarantining, that's two yards. So that's two parts of the city that's not going to get picked up for two weeks. Like, we're bound to have more delays if we don't get a proper plan in place. Right. Exactly. And I know some of the associations in the industry are pushing for that. And 
want you to be essential and want you to have all of those, um, everything that you need to make sure you can do your job safely. So um, we really need to keep pushing for that. You guys are frontline and you need to be protected. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's just going to take some recognition. It's going to take a little shine in the media. You know, so that's why I use my Instagram to keep advocating because, like I said, somebody's going to see it, somebody's going to care about it. But then on the back end, let's get some elected officials in that care about it as well. So we attack this monster from two sides. Absolutely. It's the way to go. Well, I'm just yeah. so impressed with the, with the way that you tackle everything with the solutions-oriented mindset. Um, that's because there are a ton of challenges. And um, like you said, the pandemic, it has shown everyone um, some of the cracks. And hopefully they will be fixed. And I just love the way that you're attacking this with such energy and such a positive outlook. Um, because change is happening yeah, and you're helping there's no reason oh, to ahead. be negative. We're not blaming. I know what I'm saying. There's no reason to be negative. We're not blaming anybody. It's been the way of life forever. I just want to get to the solution. And I just want people around me that want the solution too. That's, you know, that's why I never point fingers. I never blame anybody. I never, it's nobody's fault. It's everybody's fault. But let's everybody fix it. Exactly. And it's interesting you say that because that's the way you make any change. When we talk about the recycling infrastructure and how it's going to take MRFs and um, brands and um, mm-hmm. policy to all come to uh, to all come together to fix it, it's the same in this case too. So um, it it takes a village, and um, that's happening. So hopefully, more positive right change will come. Right <laughs> so tell me, what's I mean, I I read I. I, I think you said in your Inquirer article, Terrell, that um, you said something like that as you grow, your goals have to grow, right? So um, what are your yes. goals now beyond, you know, your voting campaign and, and some of the other things? But ultimately, what would you love to see happen as your ultimate goal? As my, my ultimate goal is always going to be to see sanitation workers get hazardous pay, to see sanitation workers' rate of wages get raised. Me, when I first started, my base rate was $31,000. I don't, there's, there's no way you can survive off of $31,000 in 2021, especially doing the job that I'm doing, putting my body at risk every single day. Like I, I say all the time that I didn't realize how much you walked. One time I put my patient on, I had taken 40,000 steps in one route. Wow. And one, sh- and one shift. See, these are things that when you can add a number to it and you can show proof and you can, you know, I can see how you just said, wow, now forever you're going to know that there's a sanitation worker somewhere walking 40,000 steps a day to pick up trash. They deserve hazardous pay. They deserve uh, a raise in their wages. They deserve the top, top of the line benefits. And um, once that is all done, I would love to, like I said, get a your Save Trash Man chapter in every single major city here in the country. And then I would love to just tour the country and talk and educate people about how sanitation and politics are a lot closer than what we think. And how in every city, if you marry the two, 
your city could literally change, you know, in months. So those are some of my big goals to travel the world and speak to people and educate people and teach people what I did, you know, using social media as a grassroots movement and just really shift the whole narrative in this country when it comes to sanitation. You know, a lot of the people, a lot of a lot of other countries got it, like you said earlier, had it right when it comes to their sanitation. We got America has to catch up. So if I'm going to be the face, if I'm going to be the poster boy, if I'm going to be the spokesperson, like I said, I'll take that charge. But I know I can't do it alone. You know, uh, a wise man tells me all the time, if you want to go fast, you want you go alone. If you want to go far. You go with others. So that's that's where my, my mentality is. Oh, that's great. Awesome. And I know you have three kids. Are you getting them involved at all? Yeah. So well, son, my son actually came to one of the cleanups, um, uh, one of the first cleanups. Um, and he was, you know, you know, but my kids are nine, eight, and four. So all they really care about is being on TV, seeing their picture in the news, and telling everybody that their dad is your favorite trash man. That's that's <laughs> that's really all they care Aww. about. But we do have, <laughs> but we, I, I I try to have conversations with them about you know what it means when, when you clean and how you feel when you wake up and you don't see trash on the ground versus when you wake up and you see stuff blowing down the street. So we're starting that conversation, but uh, I just think it's a little too early for them. Yeah, I, I I am I am real all the time. The same your fade trash man you see on Instagram is the same your fade trash man you're gonna see at Wawa. I love it. Well, you know I have to ask you. I told you I was born in Philly, right? So, tell yeah. me, what are you thinking about? What do you think about the quarterback situation? Did you want to see Wentz go? What do you think? <sighs> I did not. I did not want to see Wentz go. Um, I was hurt a little bit. I believe they, everyone has an off year. Um, and it's a pandemic. Our whole offensive line was hurt. We didn't really have training camp, and we didn't have real weapons to throw to him. Deshaun Jackson was hurt half the season. Outside Jeffries was hurt half the season. Um, I think they should have stuck it out and, and tried to make it work. Uh, what's really baffling is that you get rid of Doug Peterson and you get rid of Carson Wentz. I'm like, so how did that work? Because I thought it was either or, but we got rid of both of them. So... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know anything about the Eagles right now. Honestly, I don't trust Howie. Uh, I think Howie's had hit his peak, and he's on his downfall, so we need to get a new GM. Um, But my Sixers are looking amazing. Yes, they are. That's That's so uh, impressive. I hope MVP for Joel, right? MVP. Yeah, he definitely. He definitely deserves it. And, um, yeah, I don't think it's fair that Brooklyn signed. Blake Griffin, but we got to see how the Sixers fare against them, you know, fully stocked and healthy. And it's going to be a great series if, if it ends up being Eastern Conference with, you know, the Brooklyn Nets and and the Sixers. It's going to be a, a very interesting year in basketball because I think the Sixers have all the peace. I, I love what Doc has done with the offense and the, and the chemistry and the narrative. He got Tobias Harris back to playing like his – you know, in 2015, yeah. 2016 stuff. So, I mean, I, and I just love Doc as a, as a thinker, as a planner, uh, as a coach, as a facilitator, as a motivator. So, I mean, a lot of, I, I, now, 
me, you know, not to bring it back to the trash, but me as an organizer, I look at certain people like that and get, and like to see how Doc came into a situation was able to shift the whole energy of the locker room, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's, I want to be like, I want to be like the Doc, the Doc members of sanitation. I just want to shift the whole energy in the country. I love that. Oh my God. Doc would be proud too. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And just, did you see that he, um, he's on that coaching series on Netflix? um, And it's, it's so profound to see how he thinks and um, his decades in the NBA. Um, If you haven't watched it, give it a watch, especially from the thinking perspective. I, I just respect him even more after watching that. I was so happy he came to Philly. Okay, cool. Yeah, I haven't watched it. Um, I'm, I, I, okay, I want to put it on my list. Um, I've just been reading books lately and really trying to, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting that you asked me about my next goals and stuff because, like, people all always are you going to run for office? Like, are you going to do this? And I was like, I don't know anything about that. But I think we're in a stage right now in America and in a phase where, we need people who are not politicians. And if you notice, I, I haven't said the word politician this whole time. I just said we need people in positions of power. Because when you say politician, to me, I get a certain feeling. I get a certain uh, ickiness because, you know, we've just been so hurt and so disappointed by politicians in the past. You know, they say they're going to do one thing, they run on this subject, and then when they get in office, they forget. So that's why I keep saying let's elect people and put them in positions of power. Because when you have people instead of politicians, people care about people, people care about human beings, people care about, you know, there's a a human side, there's a nurturing side, there's a softness to people that I think when people call themselves a career politician, you just miss. I just don't feel it. Absolutely. Well, and back to, you know, getting back to trash, and that's what you're doing. You're humanizing the sanitation worker. And whenever you do that, whether it's in politics or in sanitation, it's, you know, it it really shines that light, and people can relate, right? And then you, they buy in, and then they're engaged. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, and that's, that's what Doc did. Doc was able to get everybody... Doc was able to get Ben Simmons to buy into the fact that he could be great offensively and defensively. And he had a stretch of seven games where he averaged more than 15 points. So that's all that we as human beings with issues and that's we as as community wants to do. We want the people that say they're going to fight for us to buy into our issues and then let's just work together to win the championship. Absolutely. I love it. Well, I think you are the Doc Rivers of uh, of sanitation workers, Terrell. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> crowning you with that, anointing you with that title right now. <laughs> I take it. I, I will take the crown and wear it proudly. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been wonderful. I'm so happy you shared your story and your ambitions and where you want this all to go. And uh, I'm supporting you in all of that. And I can't wait for more people to hear your story. So thank you for all the work you're doing. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you for the kind words. And uh, I'm just going to keep fighting. I'm just going to keep fighting. That's awesome. Well, 
you're accomplishing big things and, and I know more will, will come. So thank you again. And I'll let you get back to your, your busy day, changing Philly. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening. It would mean the world if you would take a moment to rate or review this podcast. And if you share it with us on one of our social networks, we are giving out some fun, nothing wasted podcast swag. So just tag us and see what you get. Thanks so much.